Weddings ish, 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 with Jove. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Weddings Ish with Jove. This episode, we're going to talk all about catering. Followed by that, we're going to go ahead and dive right into the season finale of The Bachelor. Oh my god, so crazy, so much to talk about. I'll be gabbing with my dear friend, Thea. And after that, we have the lovely, fabulous founder of Loverly, Kelly. So stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Weddings Ish! So let's get started with catering. Food at a wedding is so important. I've rarely met any couples who say, oh yeah, I don't really care about food, don't need to spend any money there. And being the biggest part of the budget, we wanted to sort of break down what your options were in this category. So we're going to talk all about the different ways you can serve food at the wedding to your guests. It's no longer your mother's wedding, it's no longer old school weddings as usual, old school catering halls. In this day and age, you can serve guests in a multitude of ways and still have a great time. So we're going to talk through those options. Options now, and all of this can be found on our website, jovemeyerevents.com slash podcast. We have a PDF there with all of this so you don't have to keep up or take notes. When it comes to wedding food service style, you essentially have two options, a seated meal and a semi-seated meal. So you might be wondering, what's the difference, seated or semi-seated? So we're going to go through all of that in great detail now. Don't worry, don't take notes, you don't have to follow along. All of this is available on the website, jovemeyerevents.com slash podcast. But here we go. So in seated meal, something a little bit more formal, there are four options that exist in that world. And a seated meal, the most important thing is that every guest has a chair at a formal dinner table. Uh, the chair can be an assigned seat at that table, or you can just do assigned tables and not necessarily each seat, or you could do free seating. I don't generally recommend free seating unless it's barbecue, super casual. Uh, I find people like to be told what to do, otherwise there sometimes can be a little bit of chaos in uh, the seating process. So in the seated meal column, we have four options. A plated meal, a family style meal, a French style meal, and a buffet-style meal. So let's get into it. A plated meal is the one you're probably all most familiar with. The table is set up with a cutlery, napkin, glassware, but no plate. So each guest essentially has pre-ordered their protein, their entree of choice, uh, ahead of time on your website or via your reply card, or they can sometimes order it now at the wedding, and the, the catering company will just cook enough for guests to sort of have either or. Or the third option there is sort of a surf and turf, and you get both proteins on one plate, so guests don't necessarily have to make a choice. And of course, always there's a silent vegetarian option. In this scenario, the staff serve the guests plate by plate, and the guests would have ordered ahead of time. So this is sort of the most classic um, way to do a wedding dinner. Uh, more and more couples are choosing to do a family-style meal. This is super casual, but also super interactive because your friends and your family, they pass the entrees, they pass the sides. It's sort of that sense of community. feels a little bit like Thanksgiving, which I sort of love and think is sort of the way you may want the wedding to be if that's what you're into. So the table setup there is cutlery, napkin, glassware, salad plate, and dinner plate, often stacked one on another. 
The staff will then come out and serve the mains, the sides, starches and veggies in large shareable portions um, and the guests will basically pass them around and eat what it is they want. So in this area too, guests have much more freedom. If they're a vegetarian, they just eat all the sides and all the starches. If they love the steak but they weren't really loving the sea bass, well they don't have to have any sea bass and they can have all steak. Or if they're that guest that just wants to eat it all because it's so good, then they can have sea bass and steak and veggies and starches and the caterer will just replenish. Best of all, there's no ordering, so you don't have to pre-plan ahead, you don't have to send the menu out ahead, and you can also pick the menu super close to the wedding so it can be seasonal, local, and fresh. The next option is French style. French style is very similar to family style. The main difference here is that the protein, so the sea bass or the steak, uh, is served tableside by the waiter and then the sides are shared among everyone else. So for those of you who aren't convinced that family style is the right choice for your wedding, French style is always a great option because the guests still get served by their server, the main entree, the, the protein, but then they have that fun aspect of sharing the sides um, and the starches and the greens, which is a little bit more uh, easygoing and the portions aren't the plates aren't so heavy with the proteins. So it sometimes is a mix of both worlds when you go in that that route. And also here, uh, there's no ordering ahead of time. Orders are, you know, happening right there. The server would come around with the fish or the steak or the chicken or whatever the options are, and the guests would point to exactly what it is they want, and they'd receive that uh, entree right there on the spot. Um, and the last one is buffet style. And I know what you're thinking, there is no way I'm doing a buffet at my wedding. <laughs> but you'd be totally surprised. People are absolutely into it. Uh, there's less food waste and guests have full control over what they want. For instance, when you do a plated meal, it's all pre-portioned. Six ounces, six ounces, eight ounces, ten ounces. That's it. There's not really any refills. There's not really any seconds. Once you eat it, that's it. Whereas a buffet, you go up and you love mac and cheese, you take two heaps of the mac and cheese. You love a Caesar salad, get into it. No one's judging you, you can go back for more. Um, you're really eating what you want, when you want it. And nowadays you can make a beautiful buffet spread without feeling like it's picnic-y or summer barbecue. Unless you're going for that theme, then a buffet obviously fits super well. And in this instance too, if you're going for the barbecue picnic theme, most caterers can cook on site, at least the chicken or the steak, so that it really sort of brings it all together thematically. So let me review again the seated meal, meaning every guest has a chair at a table. You have the plated option, the family style option, the French style option, or buffet style. And in any of these seated meal styles, you need to have one chair per guest. So the space needs to be able to fit all of the tables, all of the chairs, the dance floor, the bars, um, all of that room. If you're looking for something a little bit less formal and you don't want a fully seated formal meal, then the next category, the semi-seated meal, could be perfect for you. The semi-seated meal is mixed seating for about half of the guests. What does that mean? I'm about to tell you. Mixed seating would be lounge seating, low cocktail tables with chairs, high cocktail tables, some with stools, some without. So much more of a lounge setup with no formal 10 tops or eight tops, no formal seating for anyone. 
except sometimes we'll make an exception in this way and have like a one table for each side of the couple for the sort of the old school family members or the elderly who just won't be able to grasp the idea of a semi-seated meal. They walk into a wedding and they're like, I need a seat. That's how this goes. But actually, more and more couples are loving the semi-seated meal. And in this area, we have um, two options. We can do a cocktail-style party, and we can do a floating supper party. So let's talk about the cocktail-style party. The cocktail-style party, the tables are set up with nothing. So there is no flatware, no glassware, no plates, just a beautiful table with some beautiful flowers, candles, or whatever decorations you want on it. And you'd have a variety of these tables, so high tables, low tables, um, seating at some tables, even a beautiful lounge furniture here or there would be great. Uh, the staff serve guests from uh, various stations. So this is sort of like a buffet in the sense, but not necessarily because you can have three to four stations and they can be different themes, they can be different food, or they can all sort of be tied together. But essentially what happens is the first two hours of the dinner portion uh, you have all the savory food out, and guests can help themselves to whatever they want to eat whenever they want it. And so some guests are dancing, some guests are at the bar, some guests are eating, but the flow and the energy is always going, and the DJ is always playing dance music. So dancing is always an option at this party. There's no ordering as guests eat exactly what they want from the stations that they want it from. And then after the two hour of savory, usually we'll flip it over to two hours of sweet. And that can be, again, two stations, three stations, four stations, depends how big of a sweet tooth you have. If it's me, I need unlimited sweets, but everyone is different. So that's a cocktail style. And then there's the floating supper, which I think is for the most adventurous couple. The floating supper is similar. So you have seating for about half, informal, high boys, low boys, lounges, um, and then you have the staff actually bring all the food to you as a guest wherever you are. So essentially you have your normal cocktail hour, an hour, an hour and a half of past appetizers, open bar, and then essentially what happens is the music sort of kicks up into dance music and food starts to come out to all of the guests wherever they are in small plates. And the small plates come with everything you need to eat that dish. So the cutlery, the napkin, and then there are double the amount of servers because they serve you. Once you finish it, they come around and clear from you right away. And essentially the plates get a little bit bigger and a little bit heartier. And after four, five, six rounds of these plates, people are super full. So it's almost like tapas but they come to you, so you don't have to go to them. There's no ordering. Guests decide what they want to eat, when they want to eat it. The food comes over, the server explains what it is, and you say, I'm into it, or no thank you, I'm not into it. But there's so much variety that guests are always going to find something they love. And in the floating supper, you can also add a station or two if you feel like people just need that cheese and charcuterie station or they can't live without their oysters or whatever it is your guests love or you love or the season dictates is appropriate. So those are sort of the different catering options. I'm just going to do a quick review. You're going to pick whether you want a formal seated meal, every ass has a chair, or a semi-seated meal where it's seating for about 50% of the guests. So it's much more energy uh, dancing at the bar, more active versus a more passive mealtime. And then from there, on the seated option, we have plated, family style, French style, or buffet style. 
And on the semi-seated, we have cocktail style or floating supper. So you have so many options when it comes to food. There's no reason you should feel limited to just a seated dinner. And speaking of seats, we've also shared with you a very helpful table scenario for you. I always have guests and couples ask, how many people can sit at a 60-inch round? How many people can sit at this table or that table? So we've just gone ahead and listed it out for you on the website, jovemeyerevents.com slash podcast, and I'll give you a quick rundown. A 24-inch table, a 30-inch table, and a 36-inch table. These are round tables. Those are the, that's the diameter in inches. These are not usually formal dining. This is more cocktail style, high or low. Um, 24-inch can seat 2 to 3. 30-inch, 2 to 4. 36, 2 to 4. 48 inches can seat 5 to 7. 60-inch round, 8 to 10. And 66 round, the same. And a 72-inch round, which is really the biggest, I would suggest, 10 to 12 people. When it comes to rectangular tables, um, there's a 6 by 30, which is 6 feet long by 30 inches wide. That seats 6 to 8 people. 6 if you put 3 on each side, and 8 if you cap the ends. And then an 8-foot table, 30 inches wide, seats 8 to 10 people. 4 per side is 8. If you cap the ends, you get 10. If you're going to do family style, then you want to get wider tables, 36 inches wide or 48 inches wide, so there's room on the table for platters. I hope you found this super helpful. Again, all the information is on our website, jovemeyerevents.com slash podcast. Take it all in. Imagine the type of party you want to have, the type of energy you want to have, and there are so many options in terms of catering for your wedding. Weddings-ish! The Bachelor season finale was so crazy, and I'm super excited to be sitting here with my dear friend Thea, also the founder and creative director of Hushed Commotion, beautiful handmade bridal accessories. Hi guys! We just finished washing and what a crazy episode. Yeah, we're literally sitting here like, what just happened to us? Oh my goodness. I mean, we have so much to talk about, but let's start. We were just chatting about the ages of these kids. Yeah. They're kids. They're kids. 26, 25, and 24. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Personally, I don't think anyone should be married till they're at least 30 years old. Yeah. That's kind of what I always figured when I was going to get married, and now I am married. Yeah. But even when I started dating, I think I started dating when I was 25 or 26. Yeah. So I was just going into that process, and then me and Richard were engaged, well, we were together and then engaged, and it was like a five-year process. So I'm 30 now, and it's like my beginning of my marriage. You mean you dated someone for more than two months before you decided to marry them? (laughs) Um, So the winner, for all of you who haven't watched, plug your ears. I mean, it's Wednesday, so you should have caught up by now. If you're anywhere on social media, you've seen it. Everywhere. I mean, I don't want to say that I predicted it um, two episodes ago when I said it's going to be Lauren. Mm -hmm. But I did. But you did. And what do we think about that? I mean, did you think, were a little more Team JoJo. Okay, so I feel like I saw Lauren coming. Mm-hmm. But in the last few episodes, I really got into the whole Team JoJo. Yeah. And I really liked her as a person and what she was saying and kind of how she challenged and what she was giving up. And props to her for, in this episode... Figuring out that he had said, I love you to both of them, and right. calling him on it, I'm like, yeah. Jojo did it. Good job. She didn't figure she, it out. 
Well, JoJo figured it out. Lauren, Lauren didn't figure yes. it out. Oh, I confused I was, them. Yeah. So I was really excited and proud of her for that. And so, yeah. The previews of, like, that bathroom scene. Was, so much drama. Yeah, tension. But listen, it's never happened in the history of The Bachelor where they're allowed to say, I love you. Yeah. And he not only said it once, he said it twice. Yeah. And I then he continued to say it and say it and say it, say it. To, to both the, of them. To both of the women. Up until the night before yeah. he proposed. I think that was the harder part. The initial one, I was like, oh, this is really sweet. This is so cute. You get the affirmation. Yeah. And then as it continued, I was like, okay, I'm a little stressed out now. Yeah. He's saying it a lot. And really, what do they think? And they don't know that it's these different, like, both of them are getting this. And they feel like it's right. And then once Joja figured out it was both of them, she's like, I want more. And it's like, of course. you can't give more. And Oh, that was hard to watch. So I wonder if it's, like, lucky to be Lauren that she didn't put two and two together. Yeah. Do you think that she knew, like, she felt his love so much that she didn't have to question it? Whereas Lauren was like, wait, did you say this to someone else? Wait, tell me more. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but I feel like their last, the dates for each of them, so obviously they went and met the families. Yeah. And then they each had their kind of alone time, and Lauren's alone time... It was hard, and there was some crying, yeah. but it was very upbeat. Yeah. And JoJo, she got really serious with it, because she was like, oh, I figured this out. Now yeah. I need to talk to you about it. She's and going crazy. Not that I think... I feel like at that point, he he had some knowledge in his heart what he was going to do. Sure. But, and I can't blame her for wanting to call him out, but I feel like it kind of shot her in the foot a little bit, because their last time together... Yeah was really contentious with her. It was all about that. And it wasn't that about that. And yeah. Lauren really laid it out and was just like, I'm just so grateful for all our time together and uh-huh. what we had and like my love for you and it is what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like for me, you know, we've I've dated. I've said I love you to boyfriends. I couldn't imagine saying I love you to two people I'm dating at the same time. I can't either. And especially for so long. Maybe if it happened for a little bit. And I know once. Flipped yeah. out. Yeah. And that happened. And I know also circumstances of the show. Yeah. It is TV. Sure. We all know it's TV. Produced and slightly scripted, non-scripted. Yeah. Sure. But it's just hard to watch it go on for kind of a longer period of time. Yeah. Where you're like, really? You don't? Is that still true? Have you figured it out? Yeah. What's happening here? You're really in love, hardcore, with, with two, two people? two people. Yeah. I don't know. And then I, I, to me, I don't think it's possible. But I think in modern dating, you would never be in a situation where you continue to keep going on the dates with two forth. people. Yeah. Once you know you like someone more, you let the other person know either by ignoring them, like mm-hmm. New York City way, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. by saying, like, you know, I found someone else yeah. and I'd like to just be friends with you. Yeah. But when we were chatting when we watched the show, you said you felt like JoJo and him were best friends. They were, like, super friendly. So that begs the question... Do you want to marry your best friend, or is that more platonic and not as sexual? Yeah. I kind of wondered, and then when we saw the after the rose ceremony, where she really seemed to be okay in her own sense of it, trying to think about, so he kept saying that, obviously best friend, and that she had pushed him, and Mm -hmm. that she always was like, hey, you can make it through this, and was really kind of helping him along through the process, which was really valuable, but almost seemed like a... I'm your lady best friend. Yeah, I'm and here for you. He could have some love for her yeah. in a friendly way, and up until the end, he couldn't kind of figure out if it was I'm in love with you or I love you as. I a love person. the idea yes. of you. 
Yeah, or just like you as a person, even though I don't want to marry you, but I have all these like really profound feelings for you as like who you are or something, or like how you help me or how you see me or something. I wonder if she's sitting back thinking like, I coached him through all of this so he could pick her. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like she really did. Like all his struggles, she was there Mm -hmm. and she She encouraged him and ultimately it didn't work for her, except for the fact that she's the new Bachelor. Yeah. JoJo. That was crazy, because we thought for a long time it was going to be Kayla. Yeah, for sure. I definitely thought it was going to be her. All of us were thinking it was going to be her, until tonight she came on, and she was so cool and collected, and like, hey, let's go. Yeah. And then you were like, wait, Yeah. I think something else. I had an inkling, because she was so sweet, and Mm -hmm. she also like thanked Jesus and talked about praying. Her titties weren't all out. Mm -hmm. And listen, I just watched that on TV. I would have some questions, and I'd be a little bit more aggressive. I wouldn't yeah. be like, Ben is so sweet, and he taught me life lessons about myself, and it's invaluable, mm-hmm. and I just feel like I'm a better person because of Ben. Yeah. When no. it was so hard to watch at the end. Uh, she so was, hard. She was distraught, and I don't blame her. No, not be at all. Own not your at feelings. All. Be in it. I'm proud of you yes. for getting there and being in it, but three months later, you're suddenly like, woo. Yeah. It was so awkward, too, because why did she have to give that whole speech? Yeah. Why couldn't he stop her? Like, it's so... Yeah. But to me, watching it, it felt like she knew because she didn't fully express undying love for him. She also kind of started... Maybe she was, like, rambling a little bit during that speech. Yeah. I kind of lost track because I was just looking at his face being like, what is his face saying? And he's not smiling. smiling. And then she's rambling. I don't even remember half of what she said. And I feel like she probably felt the same way. She was just like... Oh God, I'm not gonna give you a chance to say anything because yeah. I really love you and I don't want you to say it because I can I, tell that if you're I not gonna just say it. Keep oh talking, God. you can't break up with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he was sweating so much. So, sweating so hard. I mean, I guess the most of the show, like they can fix that, but yeah. Jamaica outside of the water. No. He was sweating bullets. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that ring. Oh my god. There were some really beautiful options. Yeah. And I think we both gasped. We both gasped. We did. It's like an old lady I'm ring. Sorry, I'm sorry, Neil. We both gasped. There's yeah. a lot of diamond in there. It's real sparkly. It's almost beautiful. five carats. Yeah, yeah. We looked it up and yeah. then we were like, oh. Estimated ninety five thousand dollars. Oh my goodness. For that ring. Yeah. It weighs more than Lauren does. She's yeah. so tiny. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's a lot of bling, but it's a it's a little old school for my taste. I mean, this is your world. You do design. You do yeah. accessories for brides. Yeah. It's not... Is it on trend, off trend? Is it classic? Is it modern? Like, what is I this ring? Like the, mo- the ring that I see the most is either a round or square cut with the pave diamond around the edge sure. of the diamond and then also the pave diamond on the band. Sure. And, like, really thin and skinny and that's, sure. like, the new classic but sparkly and feminine and girly. Yeah. Um, so it definitely wasn't that. No. Uh, this was more is more is more is more. more. This... The stepstone kind of on the side, yeah. I wasn't initially a fan of, and then we both saw it on her, and I liked it more on From her. far away. Yes. Beautiful. That looked nice. Yeah. Um, I just tend to sometimes, I like the the pave on the sides of the actual band is such a fun vintage look to me, mm-hmm. and I love everything vintage. That was probably my favorite part, but that's not the part that people are going to see all the time. No. Um, I tend to be a little bit more classic, less is more kind of person. Yeah. So for me, that was more is more is more is more, and it was just stressing me out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. 
And let's talk about the end of the show. It was so awkward. Yeah, with the family. The all family. The they ended early because they obviously were not going to get They're married. They're not going to marry. Like, that. thank you, Ben, for not giving into the Bachelor completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was so uh, awkward. Does anybody else want to know what he whispered in her ear when they were sitting there? And yeah. They were like asking, and he was like, "Honey, I don't know." And then he leaned over. And did a little whisper. I bet he was like, "I'm really sorry, honey." Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> like, well, I love you, but I'm sorry for putting you in this situation. Yeah. Here we go. Like, I love you. Don't take this the wrong way. No. We're saying no. But now he has to consider someone else. The whole show, it's Ben, yeah. Ben, 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 Ben. Yeah. But now that he's gone public, like, it has to be their decision. Yeah. So yeah. do you think they're going to stay together? And do you think they're going to be married? And do you think they're going to be married soon? Soon for me would be this year. Yeah. 20, like within six months or something Six to like eight that. months. Yeah. What do you they think? they have all the... The hoopla and mm-hmm. buzz the and press the is, press yep. and all the money behind them that can make it happen real yeah. fast if they need to. Yeah. Um, I and by the way, I'm available for that wedding yeah. if, you're, if you're listening. Joe is here. He's ready, guys. Yeah, and Theo will make some stunning bridal accessories if you want to veil, right you want to belt. Yeah, let's, let's what would their hashtag be? So it's Ben oh, Higgins right. and Lauren Dono. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Lauren's last name So what is. would be a hashtag for Ben and Lauren? I, feel like I had a Ben and Lauren. Higgins makes me think of something like Wigan, but I don't think that's good uh, for a hashtag because that's like freaking out. So I'm yeah. going to go in the other direction of that. Lauren, I'm really bad at the hashtags. Lauren Ben Batch? No, like she's been Bachelor. She's okay. been Batched. I already said it out loud a second time. It doesn't. There's not like a romantic vibe there. Um, Lauren and Ben, what would your hashtag be? I don't know. I think we're gonna need some help. It's gonna be cute. You guys should tweet at us after this. Let yeah. us know what your hashtag. What's the hashtag are. gonna be for the wedding? Let's get it out there. We're gonna yeah. start it here, and then we're gonna start a whole trend and say that Joe Meyer events got the hashtag <laughs> going. That's right. We gotta help we'll us out, people. Options. Help us. Yes. Top three options for the Lauren and Ben hashtag for the wedding. Yeah. Don't take my lead. Because obviously I'm not good at hashtags for other people. They're hard. They it's are hard. A while. And well, you want to put the sentiment to it. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, a little tidbit about Joe Meyer here. As we were watching the show, he, he like, says the lines before they happen. <laughs> and not just, like, once. It happened multiple times. times. Like, literally, word for word. We were yeah. waiting. It was, like, a pause, a pregnant pause. And then it was, like, this is what's going to happen. Joe would just say it in the moment. And yeah. it happened again and again. It's it embarrassing. was uncanny. It was I don't amazing. know that it's, I've, like, watched every season of this show. Or I'm, like, such a hopeless romantic. Or, like... I go to so many weddings. I don't know what the reason is. I do this for many TV shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. the line just falls out of me, and then it comes out of the TV. But I realize now that I do that alone at home. <laughs> this is the first time. Someone or not. Yeah, that, like, you, someone else has seen me do it in like, real life. I was like, wait, Joe, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about the finale, and let's talk about JoJo. You mentioned your brother-in-law <laughs> and his thoughts on her name. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. we have a bachelorette named JoJo? It is sort of strippery, was yeah. his quote, but I tend to agree. Like, yeah. it's strippery or it's sort of like very, I watch Dance Moms. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out on the table. Yeah. And one of the little girls, her name is JoJo, mm-hmm. but she's like 12. So, and she wears bows yeah. and has a lisp. So, like, that's appropriate. Yeah. But like well, a her, grown woman. So, so jo- JoJo's real name is Joelle. I saw okay. that on the show tonight because yeah. once he said it, I was like, oh, 
I doubt that her name, her name, like they put that on her birth certificate. So yeah. what is that from? Yes. So I saw it's Joelle, which is pr pretty. It's just, you know, it doesn't roll off the tongue as easy in terms yeah. of like a show jo -Jo. situation. The new bachelorette, Jojo. Jo -Jo. I mean, obviously she's going to own it. They're all going to own it and make it happen. I mean, it's, it's going to work. It's a very fun, playful name. Yeah. And she certainly is. But she has a serious side to her. I think so. I'm excited. I'm going to watch. Oh, absolutely. There's no question yeah. I'm going to watch. Yeah. I'm invested now. I'm like, Team JoJo, let's go. Yeah. I love when they announced her and Ben was sitting next to her and his clap was so awkward oh, and slow and like... Whoa, what's going to happen? Yeah. But what I hope is that now that she's been through it and she's like, just be honest with me, be transparent with me, be yeah. open with me, that she can now do that. Because mm -hmm. it's one thing for her to ask for that, but to be in the position with 25 men, yeah. uh, it's hard. Do you think that they'll... Okay, so on this season, they brought some of the Bachelorettes back from other times. Do you I think feel like they've that tried that in the past. I don't know. I, I don't want to say sloppy seconds because right. that sounds terrible. Yeah. But I just, you start to wonder, like, you went on the show once, you maybe did Paradise. Maybe, like, try dating the normal way. Yeah. Like, TV they dating. They probably have enough dates coming their way anyway. May not be for you. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I feel like the same thing they did with the twins. Like, he mm -hmm. wasn't really going to pick a twin. There's always just sort of, like, a new, weird way to introduce you know, men or women in the show to keep it fresh and relevant. Mm -hmm. um, what I would love is to see a gay bachelor or bachelorette. That would be awesome. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be up in it. I yes. don't know that ABC's there because Modern Family, they weren't allowed to kiss oh, yeah. forever. So for them to, like, have a gay bachelor or bachelorette. Or even the, the goal is to get married, which just got legal. Which is now legal. Yeah. I mean, listen, again, ABC, I'm mm -hmm. available. Yeah. <laughs> Joe is ready and available. I'm ready. You tell me I'll start going to the gym so I can have those beach selfies. Yes. You know, like the pan away of you walking on the beach with your yeah, abs. Yeah, some good briefs. Some, That's right. Yeah. Yes, I would do it. But, yeah. you know, Ben didn't have that. He didn't do, he wasn't body-centric. Mm-mm. No. He was a different kind of bachelor. Yeah. He was a crier. He was like a good... He was. He was a Let's crier. talk about those we tears. Love the, we love the tears. There were so but many tears. We love the tears. And they were genuine. Yeah, I don't think he was faking those. They like rolled down yeah. his eye. He and was he like has, leaning back trying to hide it. And I'm sorry. I love him and I think he's adorable. And I think this made him better. But he kind of was like an ugly crier. Like yeah. he, he got really tense and emotional in his yeah. face. And it wasn't like I think he was looking ugly when he was crying. No, he just he's looked very like handsome. an intense cry. It's emotional. It wasn't like he was trying for the camera. Yeah, it came yeah. from a rough place. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I definitely, you know, in New York City and anywhere, you date multiple people at the same time. Mm -hmm. But to really feel, and even tonight, he was like, oh, but you're from my past. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll never forget you in the past. Like, but to be so torn. Because he did the I love you to both of them. Yeah. And Chris was like, so do you still love her now? And yeah. Like, he can't say that because he's with, I mean, I would hope that he wouldn't. Yeah. And it's good that he backpedaled, but he really had to be like, I'm secure in this now, and this is my new path, and that was then, and this is now. But it yeah. was kind of, hard, like, I don't know, something that was hard to watch or yeah. awkward the way he said it or talked about it. And probably hard for JoJo, too, or... 
Maybe not. Awkward. Yeah, it was awkward. And I love Jimmy Kimmel with the Barbie demonstration. That was good. Especially when then the girl was just naked and he had the suit. Which you called out. Right. You called that out, which I like wasn't even thinking. Maybe it's because I just like wasn't thinking that. But you were like, wait a minute. The girl's still naked. Yeah. I mean, but it's so funny because this allure of the bat, you know, like the private suite. Everyone's like, Mm -hmm. it's just a great time to talk. So what do you think? Do they have sex or don't they? I think it depends on the person, but then I also sent you that BuzzFeed article, uh-huh. so where they did talk about Which and we'll this. Which we'll put on the podcast because that yeah, was really fascinating. It was really interesting. So we'll put it Guys, on the website. You gotta read it. JoeMyerVance.com/podcast. We'll put the link. Um, and they were talking about how a they do not provide condoms in the uh, the suite, uh-huh. and then b a lot of the contestants talked about how this was one of the only times that you get to hang out with each other without exactly. the cameras. So there is actually like a, a lot of talking that happens sure. because you're like, I want to talk about all this stuff that like yeah. I'm not second guessing and thinking about what I'm saying yeah. or who's going to see it or how they're going to cut yeah. it. Or where the microphone is yeah. or where or the cameras are. Yeah. And I would think a lot of heavy petting. I think at least. Yeah, at least. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it goes back to like you don't buy a car without testing. Testing it out. Yeah. I mean, like, I think Even most that, people. Yeah. You want to see what other kind of chemistry yes. is going on there. You don't hire a caterer till you taste the food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you don't hire a makeup artist till you get a little trial. Mm-hmm. I just think, to me, it's got to make sense. But yeah. how sort of, like, if that is the case, hypothetically, yeah. it's back-to-back. Yeah. With three women. With three women. And then one of them goes home after their, I guess, kind of like one-night stand. Exposed. It was like a one-night stand. Yeah. Kind of and then you keep making out with the other two. I mean, yeah. he made out with JoJo and said, I love you up until the night before. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. So now I wonder, did he start a new trend? Is she going to be that open and forward next, you know, this coming season right. of The Bachelorette? I'm kind of wondering too, because so, okay, guys who are listening to this, at first when he said that I whole I love you, I was really touched and excited about this and like, oh, that's never happened, it's really sweet, he's so open. And then as it started to go, and then we got to the end here, I kind of got stressed out about it, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And I kind of wish that he hadn't because it put kind of this whole other pressure on things or yeah. this whole other element of their involvement because they like got so much deeper from hearing him say that he loved them that I kind of want them to go back to that not for a while. And not doing it. Yeah. Sort of watching that awkward face of them wanting to say it yeah. or like a smize yeah. or a big smile. Because just like it's up until the end when you're that close to the end and you're still saying I love you and then the next day you just get dumped on your face yeah. and then you can't talk to that person for a few months like that's just hard for me to think about sure. being in that situation. And those, to be that person in those shoes. rather not have somebody say I love you. So then to be like a skeptic, do you think he said it to Lauren because he meant it and mm-hmm. he knew she was the one right. and the producers were like, well now you have to say it to JoJo else. otherwise the show's over three weeks early. It's not going to work because yeah. we need that finale that, you know, oh my God, who's he going right. to pick? Because the way, at least the way that they produced it, it looked like Lauren had the date first where they said I love you. Yeah. And then yeah. JoJo had the date where then he said I love you. Yeah. I don't know. It's all so crazy. We'll never know. We'll, we'll never, never know. know. But we have Bachelor in Paradise to keep us occupied. Oh, goodness. Until Lace. JoJo. Lace is coming to Bachelor in Paradise, oh, guys. She's crazy. Hey. Every episode, every season, there's a crazy. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Like, and they don't know they're crazy, but she's definitely a crazy. Yeah. And then I can't wait to watch JoJo yeah. step in 
to the shoes of the bachelorette. Can we do this again? Let's yes, do this again. Absolutely. We will come back and chat about the bachelorette when it starts in May. Awesome. Well, it's been so much fun. I agree. Check out Thea's website, hushcommotion.com, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Weddings-ish. Well, I'm super excited to be sitting down with the lovely, beautiful, and cheerful Kelly Khalil. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. The founder of Loverly. Yes, that's good. That's so exciting. Yeah, we we try to make wedding magic happen, make wedding planning easier and more fun. Yeah, and I want to get into that, but with all my guests, I love to talk about how we first met. Mm -hmm. And you may not remember, but I did a little bit of research, and I guess you started on Valentine's Day 2012. Yes. So I don't think shortly after that, you did a Twitter competition with Tribeca Film Festival. Yes, like a week after. Yeah, so I applied for that. Oh my God, that's so funny. And I won the tickets. Shut up. So that's where we first met, but oh not really. Oh my God, We yeah. didn't connect, but that's Oh my where... God, my style was so bad back then. <laughs> I hope you didn't judge me. Same. In 2012, <laughs> I'm sure that I showed up looking janky in Tribeca, like from Brooklyn. But I thought I looked so good. I think I had one of those clip-in magenta, like, no. pink streaks. No, it wasn't a clip-in. I swear to God, I have a photo not. from that night. <laughs> now we're going to have to look. Yeah. Will you send it to me and I'll I, put it on the podcast? We can definitely, and don't judge me, but I literally had, like, a neon pink clip-in, like, I love that you remember. Well, because it's a really embarrassing moment for me. Oh my gosh. Well, it's how I remember meeting you, but great. I don't remember the clip. Okay, so great. Well, you wouldn't have known it was a clip. It looked like I had like really chic dyed pink hair. Oh, like a single string. Yes, it was a oh. single string clip. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not appropriate. <laughs> Unless you're like 12. <laughs> Maybe 14. saying. It's embarrassing. <laughs> So Okay, so we'll move right along. We'll yeah, next subject. And yeah. that was super exciting. That was when you had just started. Yeah, so we did that actually. Um, we were approached by one of our advisors who his son ran the Tribeca Film Festival and said there was this amazing new movie called Newlyweds and mm-hmm. Ed Burns is involved. And of course, I love Ed Burns. So I was yeah. like, tell me more. And so they said, let's do a screening and invite a bunch of nearlyweds or newlyweds and we'll give away tickets to it. And so that's what we did. Perfect. It was fun. It was such a fun uh, thing for you to do, and I had such a great time. I brought my friend Meg. I'll try and find pictures, too, because I think there was a photo booth. There was. So there must be evidence of me there, too. Definitely. So we'll compare our terrible styles. I'm so excited. I think you're going to win, but we'll find out. I'll put, it on, <laughs> I'll put it on the blog. Is winning a good thing or a bad thing? Winning is a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Like winning for the worst style? Yeah, Yeah, because it's in the past. (laughs) It's not today. Okay, great. So I will win for the worst style. Okay, well, we'll see because I don't know what I wore, but I didn't have pink hair, so I think you're going to win. But you love pink. Let's talk about pink. This office, we're sitting here in your beautiful new office, pink chairs, we're drinking beautiful pink rosé, pink walls. I mean, everything is pink. Where does this obsession with pink come from? So it's really funny. Um, When I first wanted to start Loverly, I wanted to have a really unique brand. And so I enlisted like a branding agency who did like a whole um, kind of like research on the landscape of the mm-hmm. bridal world. And there was so much blue in bridal because of something blue. So every single major brand from all the big blogs you saw, there was so much blue and teal and huh. shades of blue. And there was legit nobody in the pink family. For weddings. And for weddings. Which what? Is really, and I think it's because huh. they didn't want it to be like super... Hyper-feminine. Um, hyper-feminine and... Um, and, you know, I'm sensitive to that as well because we were super inclusive. But when you think of a heart, you think of the iconic pink. Yeah. And so when the word love and loverly, I was like, we're having yeah. a heart. It has to be pink. Um, and so we chose that pink and we actually did like 
of any of the people that were in even the red family, we went to that super bright pink because it was very different um, from anything that was out there. Yeah. And this is it's four and bold. a half years ago. Yeah. It is bold. Um, and then it kind of just became a disease from there. It's like <laughs> everything has to be branded. Um, I can say I maybe don't love pink as much as I did back in the day because I see it all the time all the and time. everywhere. And yeah. also, I don't know if you've seen this, but... Is that a real tattoo? It is. Oh my gosh, that's commitment. Well, I promised my team in, um, that when we broke a million users... Uh-huh. You'd get a tattoo. I'd get a tattoo. And then I pronounced that one, announced that one day when we were having like a great week. Like every day, it was like insane. I was like, if we get to you know, a million by the end of the week, I'm going to get, get a, a tattoo. tattoo. <laughs> and then we did. And so I was like, crap. And there it is. So I have a loverly heart Pink tattoo. Heart. On your neck. On the back of my neck. It is trademarked, so no one else can get that tattoo. <laughs> so you did trademark your name. We trademarked our name. We trademarked our heart. Um, so the heart is the iconic Leverly V slash yep. heart. Um, yeah, so I have a pink tattoo, and that's and I actually have another one here. It says forgive. It's is it pink. invisible? Oh, it's beautiful. It's totally. This one's white. This one's exciting. And that one's in yeah. pink. Huh. Pink I looks good on the skin. Lady. I kind of am. Huh. Like undercover on the low. Yeah. They're all sort of hidden. Yeah. They're like, like and they're like baby tattoos. Yeah. They're not like super bright. Are you going to get any more? I mean, the problem with tattoos is you love them. I don't know. Okay. Who knows? Let's talk about trademark because yeah. I think this is really interesting. Has anyone tried to infringe on your trademark? Have there been copycats since um, you've launched? You don't have to name them. Yeah. No. I mean, honestly, on the Leverly brand, no. Like, okay. there's really no one that has... No one was like, loveliest. <laughs> no, no. And I think it's because Loverly is a very interesting word and phrase. Um, I came up with the brand specifically because I wanted... Um, the brand to be about more inclusive than just a wedding, right? Because yeah. there's so many events leading up to it. There are engagement parties, rehearsal dinners, bridal showers, and there's so much inspiration that goes into all of those things. Yeah. And then there's the happily ever after. So to me, it doesn't start and end with the wedding. It's it. everything. And so yeah. I wanted to be about love and really encompassing. And at the time, weddings were... Um, you know, legally only for some people. Sure. And I didn't want to embrace that either. Yeah. So I wanted to have something more inclusive. And I think the word itself, loverly, outside of um, My Fair Lady, I don't think a lot of people, you know, understood, understood or, it or they were like, oh, that's sure. cool. Um, so we've been really, really fortunate there. Um, I have seen people start to use pink, which I'm, I don't own the color, so I'm sure. okay with people using sure. pink. But you could be a trendsetter in color. Yes. And I asked because we have our Totes Getting Married bag that I, I love it. created and trademarked. And the number of people that infringe on that trademark, it's crazy. Well, it's because people, I'll tell you the, the reason why I think, is because everyone's looking for that Instagrammable moment. Yeah. And that is such an Instagrammable phase yeah. or phrase. And we, we made these mugs for a while that, you know, we found some really cute things. We printed them. And since then, I've seen like 7,000 versions of that sure. same mug. So yeah. it's hard for people now with social to like know where it came from yeah. and to even understand the concept yeah. of owning intellectual property. Yeah, it's definitely foreign for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Loverly. In three sentences, what is Loverly? It's a website I know. Yes, Wedding app. planning I know. Give me, the, give me the elevator pitch. Yeah, so I'll start with our mission. Uh, Loverly's mission is to make wedding planning easier and more fun. Like, mm -hmm. that's literally everything we do. We want it to be easy. We want it to be fun. Um, you know, we started really as an inspiration site. So a place where brides can come get ideas, 
Um, similar to Pinterest. Yes, similar to Pinterest, a little bit more curated. Okay. Things being sim um, easier to search and, and discover because everything was tagged. And initially you could purchase from there also. Exactly. Which Pinterest wasn't doing at that time. Exactly. Okay. So we really started with inspiration, aggregating ideas from the top bloggers, tagging it, making it searchable. We've evolved since then mm -hmm. um, to launching our own kind of editorial content. We had so much data on what was trending. We're like, what can we do with this? So we, uh, and we realized that our brand really had a authority and connectivity with brides and vendors. So we launched our editorial content hub and now we put out content five to 10 times a day. Wow. So we really have become like an editorial content hub. Inspiration is still very much part of it. Sure. We recently, the whole vision was ideas um, and inspiration and then also helping you find vendors, which we sure. finally action. just got there. Exactly. Inspiration to transaction. Um, and so now on Leverly, you actually can browse and look for local vendors, which is something we just launched earlier this week. Again, with the idea of simplifying the inspiration, simplifying all the advice and information, yep. and hopefully helping making, find, making it easier to find local vendors. Got it. So putting it all in one place. Exactly. So when does a, a bride or groom come to Leverly? Is yep. it when they're before they're engaged, right after they're engaged? Yeah, like, that's a great question. Do you have that information? We do. We have a lot of data on our users, and there's a good chunk of our audience, um, about 35% that I like to call the pre-engaged. Yeah. And those the are... The crazies. <laughs> you can, well, there's different segments. There's the crazies, um, or we will be to call them the super enthused. Super enthused is yeah. a much nicer way of putting yes. it. Yes. Um, but there's also, you know, a lot of our users are friends of the couple. So mm -hmm. they're the bridesmaids, they're the sister-in-law-to-be, a lot of mother of the brides who yeah. are super fascinated. Uh, mother of the brides are very, mother of the brides and groom are very interesting because 30 years ago when they were getting married, they didn't have this. They didn't have the ability to even customize a wedding in no. the way that you can now. Sure. Everything now can be customized and yep. personalized for a wedding. You know, 30 years ago, you walked into a hotel yep. and you, they asked you, do you want the blue palette? Do you want or the pink palette? Yep. And that was it. And yep. do you want chicken or fish? Like there yep. literally was no customization. No yeah. And so it's really fun for them to get involved and to be a part of it. And it's all new for them as well. It's not how it used to be. So that's what's really fun to see is how so many other people who aren't the couple get involved and get excited by the product and yeah. rally, uh, rally around it. Um, so yeah, so it's about 35% are the non-engaged, like the helpers, huh. the wishing they were engaged, the mother of the brides. The wishing they were engaged are the ones, I call them crazies from the sweetest place and you call them overly enthused. Yeah, super enthused. For me, I had a bride, well, she isn't a bride. She was a girlfriend, called me, uh, and I was, you know, she wanted to get married and she was like, I hear things book up a year, year and a half out. What are your fees? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, great. You know, when did you get engaged? I always start with, I want to hear the story. Yeah, totally. And she said, oh, well, I know it's coming. Oh no. And I just want to get a, you know, a head start, a head start on planning because things book up and we don't want to wait two years. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that's so sweet of you. And you're absolutely right. But we just really don't work with couples unless they're officially engaged. <laughs> I said, so maybe, you know, call me back when that happens and I'll be more than happy. She called me back every month trying for a year. Did she ever get engaged? And then I never heard from her again. Oh no, he broke up with her. So I assume that kind of crazy made him crazy. 
I can imagine. You wow, know what that's I mean? Tough. Like she yeah. really wanted it so yeah. bad, and he was like, "Give me my space. Let me do oh, this." No. And I never heard from him. So that's, that's why I say heart. crazy. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a, that is a little deranged. I yeah, <laughs> it was sort of really sad. Um, so, were you ever in the tech space before? Tell me about your career my background. path. Yeah. yeah. So I actually um, I studied entrepreneurship in college. So I'm a daughter of an entrepreneur. I'm one of five kids, and mm-hmm. all five of us run our own businesses. Wow, and five for five. Yes, five That's for crazy. five are entrepreneurs. Um, the reason why I'm in the wedding industry, actually, a lot of people don't know this, is my sister is Lila Lewis of mm-hmm. Be Inspired PR. She's yeah. also the editor-in-chief of Inspired by This. Um, and I was working in finance out of college. I was you know, making great income and you know, living the dream in LA at 22, 23 years old. And um, I got really bored and I was so unfulfilled with, you know, what I was doing. I was uninspired. And at first I loved it because it was, you know, it was a lot of negotiating and sales. High energy, lots of great people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then I got burned out. Um, And I started looking around at what I wanted to do. And my sister, you know, had just, she was about three years into her business running this uh, boutique PR firm specialized in the wedding industry, which Uh I thought was really fascinating. And I basically quit my job and said, hey, let's work together, sis. And so we started, we worked together for about a year and a half. And while I was working with her, she got engaged. We started planning her wedding. Yeah. So it was weddings during the day, you know, weddings on the weekends and at night. And I realized for me as her bridesmaid and someone who worked in the industry, there wasn't really a place that I felt really served what I was looking for. Sure, I was for Googling resources. a bunch. Exactly. Pinterest wasn't around yet. And so, um, that's where I got the idea to start Loverly. And yeah. I kind of brought it to her. I was like, I had this idea. Like, what if we brought everything together and made it easy? She was like, let's talk after my wedding. <laughs> it's um, about me right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, although she was she was a great bride. She has, Her wedding is all over Martha Stewart and it was everywhere. Um, but it wasn't just her wedding. It was her bridal shower, her rehearsal dinner. All of the her events. Ba- everything was themed, styled, an amazing better dream team for every single event, a different set. Yeah. Um, and they were all published, like in magazines and sure. blogs everywhere. So I, I realized kind of like, wow, this is a huge industry and there's not a lot of technology there. And so that's what inspired me to start it. Um, I did not have a tech background. The o- my only technical background, one and a half things. One, I studied computer science in high school at my all-girls Catholic school. <laughs> okay, that's kind of helpful. I won the computer science Award. I mean, this is like senior year. Sure, so it's okay. like. So not so helpful because yeah, it changes. I was so like quickly. C and like HTML. Um, <laughs> I but don't I, know what you're saying, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I won the computer uh, programming award for my whole high school, which sounds really impressive. Yeah. But when you find out there was only 120 people in my grade yeah. and only 15 <laughs> people in the program, not as impressive. Oh, don't undersell. Focus on the positive. Exactly. You're the winner. Exactly. I won. <laughs> um, and then I also had a a little kind of side business in high school where I had an eBay store, kind of like okay. a girl boss, uh, Sophia Omarosa. Uh-huh. I had read her book and I was like, wait, I did that too. Yeah. Um, but she stole things, right? No, I don't think she stole. Did she? Oh, uh, maybe that's a different No, book. she, no, she did. Um, she used vintage stuff. She found vintage stuff and she would like photograph it. I think it. she stole. Terrible. So she didn't steal. I don't think I, she maybe did. I just wanted the book. He might get a, sued now. <laughs> I just wanted the book to have a little and dark churn. No, she okay, found so vintage you, clothes. Yes. Okay, yeah. maybe a totally different. And book. for the record, I did not steal either. <laughs> <laughs> I would never say that you did. And um, neither did she for the record. No, she didn't. <laughs> so you had an eBay store. I had an eBay store and I learned how to do HTML to yep. style the store to look better. And so I was always fascinated by this idea of commerce and digital transactions. And so 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of my background. I'm really more a business and a creative person. Yep. I happen to work in the wedding industry. Got it. I think that had I had a little bit more of a stronger tech background, I probably would have been a lot further on than I am right now. Sure. Um, but that's just kind of my... Personally or with the company? With the business. Got it. Because you're not doing well enough. I was going to say. Mean, we can talk about what else is going on, but a dress line, a book. I mean, I, I would say this. I mean, we... Um, I, I'm an A-type personality. I always think that there should be more happening yep. faster. And I think that the moral of my story is if anyone's thinking about starting a technology business, I think 100% teach yourself how to code, at least the basics. Yeah. Because just under, having that underlying vernacular of like how, sure. how things are built and like being able to communicate with engineers and creatives and product people helps so much. Hmm. Whereas I had to learn those things along the way as Got most it. entrepreneurs and business sure. people do, you figure it out. but that'll give you a leg up. Yeah. Also, there's not a lot of women and now there's a trend towards it. Women in uh, math and science. Sure. So in like kind of the STEM, um, uh, programs, but so I would say if you're thinking about a technology business, one or even a tech enabled business, you should study do it. it. Yeah. Um, and are there a lot of women in the tech industry? I mean, you're in the wedding industry, so it's highly saturated with yes. females yeah. and some gays. But <laughs> in the tech space, are you rare when you meet other people in this similar? Yeah, so less than 4% of all venture-backed businesses are run by women Wow. in the tech space. Yeah. Less than 4%. Less than 4%. Wow. So we're definitely outnumbered there. Now, I think there's a lot more moving into the space right now, but... Um, as far as like what the standard is now, it's definitely, um, yeah, it's low. And on top of that, which God bless these people who were able to get a Harvard business degree or even a Harvard undergrad, it's like 70% of the ones that are funded have a, like have an Ivy League background. Ivy League background. So I'm like, I'm like neither one of those. I'm in yeah. like the 0.25%. Like, <laughs> you defied all the odds. Yeah, You I worked guess. hard, you had a vision and here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> so let's talk about Loverly. So you've expanded from the website. Yes. You said you have now have an app. Yes, the Is app. It a wedding planning tool. Yeah, so we had an app when we first launched and then it was mostly inspiration. Sure. And it was great and it was an extension of the site, but we actually just introduced a brand new app and it's really kind of our way of what we think is going to transform this industry. Okay. It's essentially a wedding concierge. So okay. a bride downloads the app and can chat with a Loverly concierge. Um, it's free to chat with them. We do a consultation and basically our goal is to match brides and grooms and uh, match them with local vendors that fit their profile. So, so for you're example, taking my job. No, <laughs> actually, we're going to drive leads to you. What we're going to do is get rid of those crazies. Got it. I appreciate it. Yeah. So essentially, our goal is from a from a local business. You mm -hmm. know, anyone who runs their own business, the biggest pain point is the amount of time that is wasted. Yes. So much time wasted. Yep. So think about all the people that nightmare you for pricing. Are you available on this date? Yeah. Um, Let's have a meeting. Even... Let's have a call. Let's yeah. have a call. So we take all of that away and we basically screen every single couple or user for their budget, their wedding date, um, their aesthetic. And then based on that, we actually are matching them with vendors. So we Got would it. not send you a bride unless, sure. or a groom, unless they had the minimum budget for you. Sure. Or if they were working with vendors that you like to work with sure. or at a venue. In the same with, world. And we match you. And that's great. I mean, I know that sort of some people say having a wedding planner is a luxury. It's not a cheap thing to have. But in this vein, if someone knew they weren't going to hire a wedding planner or yep. couldn't afford a full service planner, yep. I always say you at least need a day of. Yep. One million um, percent. At least. Yep. Um, 
but this is incredible because yes. sort of you can help them and if they love the style and the vibe of what you do, you're connecting them with trusted professionals. Exactly. And that's free of charge for them. So let me, let me take a step back. Yes. 86% of all couples do not hire a full-blown wedding planner. So there's only 14% that actually hire a planner. Wow, 86. Yeah, so that, when I say a, a wedding planner, I mean someone that they hire like- Start to finish, exactly. full service planning. Now, a good chunk of them do you hire the day of, three months out, sure. one month, which is definitely a necessity. You sure. need to have that. So we're a bit bridging the gap between the three months when you get your day of yeah, and the and 18 to 12, else. exactly, and making those recommendations. We actually are recommending them to get planners. That's Got one it. of our things, like sure. hire a planner. Yeah. Don't make your best friend do it. Yeah. Don't make your mom do it. You'll hate them. Um, so that's kind of how um, we're approaching it. So we're not competing against planners. We're rather like sure. um, yeah. filling the gap. Now, um, we did a test this summer where we offered it for free for brides mm -hmm. and grooms, um, free recommendations, whatever it is. And what we found out is the free, the brides that got the free recommendations never called the vendors. They just never picked up the phone to call them. Sort of like OkCupid, okay free online dating. It's like you're you can less, swipe all day long. But and you're not going to contact. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. And so we charge a nominal fee to brides. Right now it's like $39 for a recommendation. Sure. And they get four to eight vendors that we have personally contacted yep. to make sure they're available on your wedding date and they're within your within budget. Within your budget. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. So this simplifies the game. It's a game changer. All via an app. I hope so. Yes. Yeah. All via a chat app. And so your pro the vendor's profile goes through the app. They can see them. They can contact them through the app. And then yep. you know this is one of the Leverly. So and is that just here in New York City or your It's in New York and LA. Okay. So um, you can join the Leverly Vendor Network across the country. And we're, we're in like 15 different categories sure. from beauty to stationery, uh, planning, hair and makeup, the whole thing. Um, but our concierge service is only servicing brides in New York and LA. Got it. Um, and um, obviously our goal is to expand that. Sure, but we want to learn. You Test know. and learn. Exactly. So New York is kind of where the business is based. LA is my kind of hometown. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's our goal is to kind of learn here, you know, have it be our test um, cities and expand from there. Perfect. I think that sounds great. So being in the wedding industry, let's talk about weddings. Are yes. you that girl that's been planning her wedding her whole life or you're that girl that has no idea what she's going to do? I have no idea what I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah. And the th I think weddings are very much a celebration of the couple. Yep. So it's really hard for me to visualize what my me my wedding looks like yep. until I find that person. That you're going to marry. Exactly. That makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that person. Are you single? Are you dating? I am 1 million percent single. Okay. Welcome to the club. <laughs> cheers to cheers. cheers. I don't know if it's a cheers thing, but <laughs> cheers to that. Mm. Just that awkward silence was us sipping our rosé, just for <laughs> yes. all you people listening. Single ladies sipping rosé. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, the last four years I've been so focused on my business, yeah. um, and I joke that that's like my... Your relationship. My relationship is it. my business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm starting to get to that age where I'm thinking that there's got to be more to life. Sure, than work. So, exactly. So I'm trying to get uh -huh. that balance in there. I'm right there with you. And I wonder, and you, maybe you can tell me your point of view, sometimes I go on dates, I'm on every app that's humanly possible, mm -hmm. and I try, I like did a test run saying like wedding planner versus event planner yeah. versus like creative. Yeah. Do you find when you go on dates with men, you're like, oh, I work in the wedding industry, that they like run for the hills or that they're like instantly <laughs> tense? 
I think they totally do. Okay. Which is why, like, when I, I'm not on any dating apps now, but when I was, my title was editor. Because uh, I did not want people very to know. neutral. Exactly. Like, I write stuff. Yeah. Um, which is true. I do write some sure. stuff. I, I wrote We're a We're going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I don't lead with that. Yeah. Because, um, not that I'm ashamed of what I do, but I think people think that if you're working in this industry that you're obsessed and fixated sure, on. That you're ready. Which, yeah, and that's Eager. not the case. Yeah. I, I love the wedding industry. I love love. I love celebrations and events. Yeah. I love tech. Um, but I'm not obsessed with the you're actual not that wedding. girl. Exactly. Yeah, which I would be able to tell because there are two types, literally, and you know right away. Like the girl... The crazy that called me yeah. <laughs> versus, you know, a more level-headed person who, it is two people. It's two people's story. So I'm sitting here speaking of editor with your book. Congratulations. Thank you. This just came out pretty recently. Yeah. So um, the initial run was in July, but we just started doing our promotion. We went on a, a three-city book tour with Crate and Barrel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Lovely Wedding Planner, that's the name of the book. You can buy it on Amazon and in Barnes & Noble. But the idea is it's like an interactive workbook. There's beautiful inspiration in it. And there's tips and tricks and how-tos, but it's pretty enough to put on your coffee table, but it's, you know, actually something that you're okay to write in. Yeah, you have all this open space, so it's functional. It's functional, exactly. It's like a workbook, like a a beautiful wedding planning workbook. So this is something that a couple, a groom or a bride would buy for themselves, or something that um, a friend could buy if you just got engaged. It's a great gift to give your friends that are recently engaged. I feel like we should partner this and my totes. Like, we should sell them together. We totally should. Because it's functional and fashionable at the same time. I'm into that. Beautiful. That's really cute. And did you just, all of the sort of knowledge you've garnered over the years, you just decided you're sick of people asking you, why not put it in a book? Or how did this come about? So it's really interesting. The publisher of this book, much like Loverly, is a data-driven, you know, publisher. They're a startup. And so they reached out to us because they're like, we want to write a book on, you know, wedding planning and, you know, making it easier. And we're like, obviously that's our shtick. <laughs> um, and so they, they had sought out, they wanted to do a book. They approached us to collaborate on it. And, you know, Loverly already has published in the last three years over 2,500 pieces of content. Wow. So we have tons of articles. Sure. So from start to finish, it was about 120 days and when we signed the deal, it's when we actually finished final edits on the book. Because you had everything. Because we had so much content. And data. Was, exactly. So it was a matter of like packaging it. And the publisher really knew what they wanted to hit as far as like the subject areas. Sure. And so we're like, great, you know, finding a venue, here's 15 articles on that. Let's yeah. go through that and consolidate it. And so it was a very, very, very fast turnaround process. We also had so many amazing photographers and planners that submitted work to us. Sure. So all the imagery within the book is all real weddings from Beautiful. real vendors. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was a crazy whirlwind. And the next thing you know, it was on Amazon. Yeah. And here we like, are. And yeah. now there's a beautiful copy right in front of me. Yeah, there it is. And then you also now are in the dress market. Yeah. Well, that came before the book, I remember. It did. So we did um, a capsule collection last year with two designers. Okay. One was an anthropology designer uh, called um, Eva Franco. She's amazing. Yeah. And then we did um, some curated collections with Donna Morgan and Waters. And it was, I mean, honestly, that was the most fun. That was, it was for bridal season 2015, so about yeah. a year ago now. And these um, were bridesmaids dresses? Bridesmaids dresses and then little white dresses. Yeah. Um, so we did it for a season. It was so fun. My favorite part was like the styled shoots, yeah. the creating the content. I mean, did you try them on? I mean, always, <laughs> you know, that's my, of and course. It, it was, it was so awesome. It was so fun. Um, and we had a little showroom here where brides would come and try stuff on, um, 
But then we were thinking about like, what are we going to do moving forward? We're, yeah. That's when we said, okay, we wanted to invest in the new app that came out. So sure. I think that probably we would do it again in the future. Got it. But right More like now, a pop-up thing. Exactly. Not a long Capsule thing. collections. It was, Got it. I mean, you came to our party. It was yeah. like so fun. It was like really fun. I wanted to put on a dress. Doing on like doing runway shows. Like the whole thing was like the most fun thing I've done. Well, because it's not tech side. It's the it's more in fun real physical life. side exactly. of the wedding industry. Like you're not at a computer all day. Totally. You're watching the runway. You're at the parties. You're, you're touching and feeling the yeah. fabrics. You're seeing it come to life. And it was such a, I think from a creative perspective, something that was so fulfilling for me. Um, I will say that the dress business, though, is very difficult operationally. Sure. Um, and that was something that I, I really, I didn't understand the dynamics of it. Yeah. Um, but it was the most fun. And I definitely think that's something we want to do again in the future. Um, and yeah, we had a six, like the dresses were around for six months. We did two collections. It was so fun. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's sort of one of the my favorite parts of the wedding planning process when a bride is involved or two brides is the dress. The fashion? Oh, gosh. It's so the most pretty. Fun. It's like, when else are you going to wear this, you know? Over the top. I know. Over the top. Except for if you go or, to the Oscars, which I haven't gotten an invite yet. Me neither. So we need to date up, I think. I think we I do. I mean, I think we do well, but yeah. I think we need yeah. next level. We do. Um, well, this has been absolutely so much fun. Thank so you so fun. much for having me. Oh, my God. I'm like... Can't believe you're here in Leverly HQ. This yeah, so I'm happy to be. I feel like I've been to all of your offices. You so have. It's nice to be in the <laughs> brand new one. Yes. I hope you stay a while. And don't forget to set me up, you said, with your best friends. I will. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Weddings-ish. The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings-ish. Weddings-ish. Weddings-ish.